Happy New Year. So the, the earth has gone around the sun in a full circuit again, and we're back to where we started. And the longer I live, the more I come to the conclusion that nothing is ever really new. New cars aren't new. They all, at least in my opinion, all look boringly the same anymore. Uh, maybe you got a new computer or a new phone for Christmas, but it won't be new for very long. It'll be obsolete before you know it. Is there anything that's really new when, when, that, when Bethel's first deacon, Andy Smith, I don't know if there's anybody here, well, the Lanes, I think, remember Andy Smith and, and, uh, and Jean, and, uh, oh, and a lot of people here, and the Joneses here would remember Andy, but when Andy retired, he got this hat said, been there, done that. And I guess that was a new saying at the time. I'd never seen it before, but it's not new now. Been there, done that. Everything new, you know, gets old. It just doesn't seem to last. I mean, is there anything that's new? Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a new strain of the coronavirus. Wahoo! It's tough, you know, new, the idea of new brings hope with it, right? Anticipation, expectation, a new house, a new book, a new love. And they all hold a hopeful potential. But is there anything that's really new, anything to be hopeful about? Or is the Bible right when it says meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless? Everything is meaningless. What does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. There's no remembrance of men of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I devoted myself to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. What a heavy burden God has laid on men. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may present a heart of wisdom to you. Fill us with your spirit and bring to us Christ, we pray. 
Amen. For many people, the book of Ecclesiastes is a bleak and confusing book. It, it looks at the conclusion, draws the conclusion that, that, that we fight against, that we fear to make the conclusion of saying there's nothing new and it's all meaningless. I know that you young people have no idea what I'm talking about. I know that because when I was young, I remember coming across the book of Ecclesiastes for the first time and saying, what is it talking about? Because life was new and exciting because I was new and excitable. But the older I get, the more I see that there's nothing really new. If ever we are going to be really wise, if ever we're going to find real hope, we must embrace that the world and the universe have no purpose. Now, someone once told me that the key to Ecclesiastes was understanding that there are godly passages that give us wisdom and there are godless passages which give us folly. And wisdom is figuring out which is which, which are the godly passages and which are the godless and wrong passages. It's a terrible way to read the book of Ecclesiastes. The Bible contains no satanic verses. But when we find something in Ecclesiastes or the Bible that, that strikes us as hard, painful, wrong, the course of action we should take is to say, this can't be true, and to make up some way that it's not, but rather to go in humility and say to God, how is this true? For millennia, the hope of human beings alienated from God was to find meaning and purpose in the universe. I think that modern scientists have brought us a good bit closer to the truth when they tell us that the universe has no purpose, it has no meaning. And to understand that, we need to go back to the very beginning to the opening words of the Bible, to the book of Genesis. And it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now, the light that's spoken of here is not the light of the sun. The sun is not mentioned, doesn't make an appearance until the fourth day. In fact, if you read through the rest of the Bible and look at this idea of light, what you uh, come to see is that the light that's spoken of here is not a natural light at all. It's not the light of the, uh, the, the sun or the light of stars uh, or photons being released in some cosmic explosion. That's not what it's talking about. It's the light of God's presence that suffuses 
the universe, his creation. And when we sinned and alienated ourselves from God, that light went dark. We became blind to it. The, the phrase, under the sun, occurs more than 25 times throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. And whenever it does, it's always paired with the idea of futility and meaninglessness. And that phrase, as it's used in Ecclesiastes, under the sun, means something like, when viewed by the light of nature, when looked at in itself. Let me give you an example here. Everybody recognize what this is? There's nothing new. They've never built a better one. This is, this is it, right? Uh, this is a, obviously a, uh, a mousetrap here, right? What purpose does this have? It's got no purpose. It's an inanimate object. It has no purpose. You can examine it under a microscope, a mass spectrometer. You can analyze the wood, know what the metal's made out of. It will have no purpose, will yield no purpose. This has no purpose. It's an inanimate object. The one who made it has a purpose. We'll never find any hope until we embrace the purposelessness, the meaninglessness of the world in itself. And, and the world, you know, is running down. It's old and getting older. Things are running down. Nothing in the world has any purpose. You can't find any purpose by looking here. You, you, you can't look under a microscope or a telescope uh, or any other kind of instrumentation and find purpose. And so what's new? There's nothing new under the sun. So, so let me tell you, friends, because I know you know that, that Joel Osteen wouldn't like this. And I know that it doesn't make for happy Facebook memes. But if you have caught yourself from time to time thinking, yeah, I've been there, done that, or you've looked back over the past year or a couple of years and thought, what's the, what's the point anymore to any of this? And, and then you, you, know, you castigate yourself for, for thinking such a thing. Let me tell you that you're not a pessimist. You've taken the first step toward real wisdom. Because once you take the veneer and the sugar coating off and you look at the world for what it is in itself, it's pretty old, it's pretty bleak, it's pretty purposeless, it's pretty hopeless. And once you realize that, the good news starts to look like really good news. Now, you know, we've just spent a whole season celebrating the good news, and if somebody were to say to you, what's the good news? You know, the word gospel means good news. Uh, there's, there's ways that you could answer that, numerous ways that you could answer that. But the way I want to answer today in, 
in the light of what Ecclesiastes talks about in looking at life viewed under the sun is that the good news could be said this way, that the good news is that the real light has come back. Let me tell you what the great goal is that God has in store for his people. It says in um, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 5, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. Now, I want you to note something about that. It doesn't say that there won't be a sun. It doesn't say that there won't be lamps. What it says is that that's not where the light will come from. When, when we sinned against God, when we rebelled against God, our eyes were blinded to his light, and we were only able to see by the light of nature under the sun. And nature in itself has no purpose, has no meaning. But in the coming of the Son of God, very literally, a new day has dawned. The light has come back. The prophets saw that day coming. The prophet Isaiah said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And then those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The Apostle John writes of his coming into the world, he says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He says he is the true light who coming into the world enlightens every man. And in that same gospel, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The world has no purpose in itself, but God has a purpose for it. Because without purpose... There's no hope, right? When things seem to be purposeless, that's when we lose hope, when there's no purpose in any of this. And under the sun, everything is meaningless, old, futile, running down. You know, 2021 seemed pretty purposeless. <laughs> my, my friend Ben and I were talking about it, and, you know, 2020 seemed bad, right? And then Ben said 2021 came, and it said, here, hold my beer, right? It's pr- pretty, pretty bleak. And, and there were a lot of people who became very hopeless. And, and, and how do we deal with that? Well, we, we deal with it by making up an alternate reality, right? How many of you heard the conspiracy theorists say that, well, once Joe Biden's inaugurated, the whole coronavirus would magically disappear. How'd that work out? And, and then instead of being chastised and taught by that, no, they're just on to the next conspiracy theory. But if you come to know God through Jesus Christ, you can trust or if you trust him, the light returns. 
we can be sure that even in our hardest circumstances, see, that's the thing that we don't, that we don't want to reckon with, that God has sent something to us for our chastening and instruction. That, that even in our hardest circumstances, God has a purpose. We may not be privy to that purpose, but if you have the light of Christ, you can be sure that there is one. In Christ, you can see by more than just the light of nature, which leads either to bleakness or to pretending to see things that aren't there. And where there's true purpose, there's hope. Even when things are hard or old or sad, Apostle Paul writes in the book of Romans, he says, For I consider our present sufferings are not worthy to compare with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to futility. Isn't that what it's felt like these past several months of futility? Been subject to futility... Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. He goes on to say, what shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He further says, who is it that, it is God who justifies, who is it that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, who is at the right hand of God and also interceding for us, and who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. In all things, God works for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And the all things that Paul has in mind here, not an unqualified all things, it's all the bad things that follow. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor future, nor any power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you, as we start this new year, what's new? If you answer that question by starting with your own life, your own experience, if you start by looking at the answer for that question under the sun, you're going to have to say nothing, or you're going to have to stick your head in the sand and make an alternate reality. And things will look pretty bleak and meaningless. So let me tell you what's new. There's a new 
covenant foretold by the prophet Jeremiah. A new covenant by which God will put his law into our hearts and minds. So that we may be, as Paul says in Romans 12, no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, no longer limited in our thinking to what we thought of before, the rest of the, as the rest of the world thinks, under the sun. Because if you are in Christ, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, you are a new creature. So that we can put on the new self being renewed after the image of its creator, Colossians 3.10. And we can sing a new song. Now let me tell you that the lyrics of that song are the same. They don't change from testament to testament, but the tune is a very new tune and much sweeter. And there's a certain and sure promise of a coming day when the one who sits on the throne will say, behold, I'm making everything new. And nothing will get old and nothing will get tired, and nothing will get worn out, and nothing will be meaningless because the Lord God will be our our light. But today, Christ can be your light. Today, this very day, you can be new. Your mind can be renewed. Your perspective can be renewed. Your hope, all of it can be renewed. So that, as Paul says, you may not lose heart, even if your outer self is wasting away, the inner self is being renewed day by day. And all of that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Trusting in Christ is not something that you do once and then get on with your life. It's something that needs to be renewed every single day. I trust in Christ. And that's what Paul means when he tells us not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's a progressive thing. And and, and, you know, some of you have allowed your thinking, at least sometimes, to be conformed to the world and to give in to despair and to hopelessness. There's no question that 2020 was bad, that 2021 was worse for many of us. And, And some people lost hope and embraced cynicism and conspiracy theories. But doing so has not brought you any joy or happiness, has it? nor has it brought to anybody that you come in contact with joy or happiness. We've left 2021 behind. We're embarking into 2022, and at least for the first several months, the first few months, will probably be harder than anything we've seen to this point. It's a new year. Will it be different? Certainly not if you're looking for the year to bring some difference. If your only light comes from nature. If you're only looking at things under the sun. 
But if your light comes from Christ, well, he's the mediator of a new covenant who enables you to sing a new song. So what will be new in 2022? Nothing or everything. It comes down to this. You can be what's new. And if you are new, it will transform your whole experience and may be used by God to transform the experience of others. But it will only do so if you truly, actively, mindfully, intentionally trust in Christ. At the start of this new year, will you do that with me? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the light who has come back into the world and has enlightened uh, all who partake of your grace. You've called us to be the light of the world as well. You've told us that we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Father, the world presses in uh, on us hard. It presses on the one side from despair. It presses on the other side from conspiracy theories. But it's all the world. Lord, help us not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That in becoming new creatures in Christ, our entire experience would be transformed. And may you use us to transform the experience of others. To their blessing and benefit, to our blessing and benefit, and to your honor and glory. Amen. Mm -hmm.